Oh, so grateful, so thankful to open our hearts and open our minds to the infinite love that we already are. So grateful, so thankful to open ourselves to the wise direction of the higher Holy Spirit self. We join together for the purpose of remembering and recognizing our divinity and the divinity of all life. We are truly grateful and truly thankful to come together for this holy purpose of our healing, our inspiration, our awakening. We're claiming it here and now. We're surrendering that which does not serve, and we are grateful to declare that our class is powerful time of healing, a powerful time of transformation, a powerful time of clearing away the unwanted false thoughts and beliefs. We are truly grateful to make a holy offering of everything that is false and to stand in an awareness of the eternal truth setting us free. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes, indeed. You know, I'm going to just try this light. Oh, it's too bright. Oh, maybe not. Um, maybe if I put it over here a little bit. Kind of, sort of. All right, so I've had a nice week with my family, and I'm very grateful for the time I spent with them. I'm looking forward to our time together today. And uh, for those who don't always listen to the community calls or participate in them, I'd just like to point you to the community call from last Saturday. It was so powerful, so beautiful. I had a wonderful vacation with my family, and I'm grateful to be back with you now. And Laurel's making faces. So, I'm just going to center in here. There's a lot of activity. So let's just... Let's all just close our eyes for a moment and tune within. Just be grateful. Be grateful that love is our true identity. All right, that feels good. So uh, for those of you who don't normally listen to the community calls, I just wanted to point you to the community call uh, from this previous Saturday, which was, I think, the um, 25th or something like that. I'm getting a message here that says I may be kicked out again, so I just... Uh, Holding my breath. <laughs> yeah. When you use technology uh, to have your classroom, you just have to get used to the vagaries of technology. It's a trade-off. 
So, um, so I'm very happy that we're doing another prayer power class. This is uh, prayer power part two, week three. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, and I'm excited to share with you. And the most important thing, I think, for us in, in understanding the nature of prayer is that our thoughts are powerful. Our thoughts are seeds planted in the divine mind that unless we pull those seeds up, unless we uproot those thoughts from our mind, they're going to come to fruition in some way. So uh, for many people, this is uh, 101 thinking, but I have to say that I heard this teaching for many, many, many years before I finally was willing to apply it the majority of the time. And once I started to apply it the majority of the time, my life began to profoundly shift. But it took me uh, really being willing to take full responsibility for every thought that I was having, all of my thoughts, and standing in an awareness of the fullness of love always providing an outpicturing of my thoughts in some way, shape, or form. In fact, I think that the hurricane that has been, exp been experienced, you know, the devastating hurricane that's come across the country, the raging fires and uh, things that we've been experiencing in the last year, uh, seem to be heightened for many people. I, I do think that these kinds of extreme weather are an outpicturing of our thoughts. And that the antidote is for us to be peaceful in our mind. And there is a lot of agitation, mental and emotional agitation in the world right now. Although generally... Uh, the world is relatively peaceful compared to other times. There's a lot of mental and emotional agitation, and we're seeing it outpictured, I, I believe, in Mother Nature and many other things, of course. So our thoughts are outpicturing as our experiences. And one of the most helpful things is for us to not take any blame and not to assign any blame, but to look at everything that's going on in the world around us and the th even the, particularly the things that are happening uh, right in our immediate vicinity and to be able to say, huh, I wonder what that's about. What, what is the thought or the belief that's bringing that experience to me? Uh, now, there are many experiences that we have that are not necessarily an outpicturing of any thought that we're having right now, but they are in some way, shape, or form an opportunity for us to release negative karma. 
by how we handle it in the present moment. So let's say take an extreme experience where someone uh, loses the, the use of their, their body or they have the death of a loved one. It doesn't mean that they have done something wrong and they're being punished. Uh, my experience is that there's no part of this universe that actually punishes. Uh, it's the ego will create punishment for ourselves and for others, but that's not the way God works. It's not the way spirit works. Uh, there's just no such thing as punishment in God. However, when we do experience difficulties and challenges, what I have seen is that there are always an opportunity for us to strengthen our mind. Every single one of us has a curriculum to help us to come into our right mind and to relinquish all negative thinking. And it's very tempting to look at someone else's challenges and say, oh, I'd like their challenges. But you have to look at the long view because I've seen many experiences where someone seems to have a really good life. You know, they, they have uh, things that uh, other people don't have. They have uh, money, they have a uh, family, they have a spouse, they have children, they have a home, they have a retirement fund, they have uh, fame, they have a, a successful career, they have a beautiful body, they have all these kinds of things, but they will also have their own unique challenges that will be um, perfectly designed for them to work with their mind. And uh, many times I've seen where someone said, oh, I'd like to have their body. Well, you might like to have their body, but would you like to have their challenges? You, you might like to have their uh, career, but would you like to have their challenges? And many times we don't really know what another person's true challenges are. And so... Um, it's that that's where that old saying comes be careful what you wish for um and so this is why in my prayers what i teach is we don't pray for specifics we don't pray for things we pray to have a realization of the truth we pray to remember the truth that sets us free we pray to fully experience our true nature which are these beautiful spiritual qualities of peace and love and joy and freedom and wisdom and clarity and there's a whole section on those spiritual qualities that if you haven't looked at it it's in the 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 master living masterful living journal number one it's one of the first things in there because i feel it's so important for everyone to understand the nature of these spiritual qualities is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniactive. And when we think that we have a problem, such as um, uh, when we think that we have a problem, um, 
No, I'm just going to mention Karen there, Karen Kelly. If you could turn your camera so that we don't see the fan, that would be great. It's just a little distracting. Thank you. Um, beautiful. Um, so when we're uh, many times I've uh, worked with people who wanted me to help them pray for a particular thing, or they said, you know, I'd really like to manifest this particular thing. And uh, when you're, when I'm counseling someone, then I'm able to talk with them uh, at length and find out that, oh, they want this money because the money represents freedom. They want this relationship because the relationship represents to them peace of mind. They want this home because the home represents to them uh, security. But you see, all of these things can all, are not found in the world. They're found in us, in our heart, in our mind, when we are in tune with those spiritual qualities. So this is the reason why we pray the way that we do. And of Course in Miracles is very clear that we do not pray to ask for something. Because when we're asking for something, we're actually affirming that we don't already have it. Now I want to be clear here because I infinite patience produces immediate results. You know what that means is when you have infinite patience, the immediate result is that you are peaceful. That's the immediate result. And uh, it keeps you in the flow of love. And uh, yeah. So I'm just going to mention this here. Somebody may listen to this later. And um, uh, I just would like to say I apologize for all the technical difficulties. Someone is trying to log in as me, and it just keeps kicking me out. And then someone clicked that thing about ending the other, ending our class, and we're starting a new one. So uh, we're all learning all the time. Nobody's doing anything intentionally. So we, we practice non-judgment, and then our peace is always with us. It's wonderful. And uh, so with our thoughts and our beliefs, they are, uh, our beliefs, as you've heard me say, magnetize into our awareness, our thoughts, unless we are focused and clearly thinking the thoughts we think with God. When we're in our loving heart and not aligned with the ego, then we're not magnetizing in those negative thoughts and thinking that they're worth thinking. But when we're falsely aligned with the ego, those thoughts are going to be magnetized in by our false beliefs and we're going to have that choice to think them or not think them. That's the whole thing that I offer at the beginning of the year about getting in the gap. 
between the moment the thought arrives in your awareness and your decision to think it, there's a gap. And you can begin to recognize that gap, as you probably well know by now. You can recognize that gap and you can make a new choice. So one of the things I'd like to share with you today in terms of prayer is that in the infinite mind of God, there's no difference between the thought that you're thinking as you're doing the dishes and the thought that you're thinking in your meditation chair when you're praying. There, the, Each thought, if you believe it, is just as powerful. So if you're doing the dishes and you're thinking something like, I'm such an idiot. I don't know why I did that earlier. That was so stupid of me. I uh, can't believe I made that stupid mistake again. I'm such an idiot. Oh my God, I'm going to get fired. Those thoughts, if you believe them, they're just as powerful as the thoughts that you're thinking in prayer in the sense that they're planted in the divine mind. Now, I'm going to contradict myself here because the, the, the loving thoughts that we have are actually so much more powerful than the negative thought. But it's important to begin to realize that every thought that you're thinking that you believe that you have emotion around, whether it's my word is the word of God and I am choosing peace or oh, I'm such an idiot, I can't believe I did that. If you're putting emotion into it, if you're putting your energy, if you're invested in it, it's going to in some way, shape or form come into manifestation. Now, we don't know how it's going to come into manifestation. As I've said before, when things come into manifestation, it could be more thoughts. It could be feelings, emotions. It could be a physical sensation. And it could be a, an experience in your life, in your relationship. It could be any number of things, depending upon your intention, your belief, and the energy you put into it. I've had the experience uh, years ago, I had a job that I knew I was, I was to leave that job and to go full-time into ministry. And so I made a very strong, very powerful prayer. I had a lot of emotion in it about releasing the job and stepping into ministry. And it was just, I'm ready to release this job. I'm ready to let it go. And spirit guide me into ministry. I don't remember the wording I used, but I remember it was extremely emphatic. I felt it with my whole heart and every part of my being. And about less than 24 hours later, I was, I was let go of that job out of the blue without any thought or warning. And when I received the message that my services were no longer required, I knew that it was the right and true thing, that it was my answered prayer 
because I didn't go, oh no, I had no fear. I just went, wow, 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 I guess that prayer worked. And in the moment, I had no idea how I would pay my bills or where the income would come from. I did not know. And so I later felt a lot of fear. But in that moment, I just knew it was the answer to prayer. And what I experienced for the next six months or so as my whole life went in a totally different direction towards ministry, I knew that I was on the right path, even though I had no, no idea where it was going from moment to moment. And actually what did end up happening was, so that was in August. It was in August. And I made a commitment to myself that I was going to practice radical trust, that I was not going to, if I felt afraid, I was going to go right to God and say, God, you are my protector. You are my provider. I have no other source. On you I can depend. I, I will not doubt that. I refuse to doubt that. And the fear would dissolve. And um, for the next few months, I was figuring it out, being led and guided. And then my mom went into hospice care. And I was so grateful that I could be with my parents 24-7 for the next many months uh, while my mother was in her final months. And I was just so, so, so grateful that I could be her full-time caregiver and support both of my parents. And, um, and it took me a while to be able to establish uh, earning a living as a teacher, as a minister. Um, and I went into debt, and I paid that debt off. And so I, I figured it out. Uh, and in the process, I learned how to live without fear and to put my full faith in God and not in false idols like jobs. And to really put my whole faith in God is what I learned. And I needed to learn that in order to teach at the level that I am called to teach. So I needed to learn that. And so I needed to eliminate the causes of fear in my own mind. And I, I rarely feel any significant fear. I have momentary experiences of frustration, which are an expression of fear. I have momentary experiences of um, annoyance or tiny moments of doubt but then as soon as i start to feel that shift in vibration i i go okay not doing that and one of the things that i've learned is that if i start to go into a thought like I'm trying to think of something now well I'll just uh, make something up. Um, if, I, if I were to start to go into a thought, or I used to go into thoughts like, 
oh, I just don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Oh my God, I just don't know if I have what it takes to be able to do this on my own. Then I would realize that's not the prayer I wish to make. That is not the prayer I wish to make. And so I would stop that train of thought. I would get off that pain train of thought. And I would say, that's not the prayer I wish to make. My prayer is a prayer of abundance. My prayer is a prayer of peace. My prayer is a prayer of love. God is my source in all things. On this I can depend without question, without doubt. And so I will not doubt. I will not entertain those thoughts. I, they have no place in my mind. There's no place for them. There's a wonderful, um, oh, is it a Sufi proverb or something like that that goes, um, there's nothing you can do about the birds flying around your head, but you don't have to let them make a nest in your hair. Nothing you can do about the birds flying around your head, but you don't have to let them make a nest in your hair. So that's the thing is these, these thoughts will be uh, circulating in at the periphery of our awareness, but we don't have to invite them in and pour them a cup of coffee. So when you start to treat your mind as precious, that your mind is the place where God lives, that your mind is in your heart, your mind is the mind of God. Your life is the life of God. Your hand is the hand of God. And it's all precious. And if you, if you make, uh, if you forget that, and like I used to do, and uh, I would treat myself poorly, you know, I would feel freaked out and I'd want to uh, run and hide. And so I'd run and hide by drinking too much or eating too much or exercising too much, watching television too much, um, things like that, all forms of self-medication. Uh, I would try to escape how I felt in that way, which I don't do anymore. I never thought I could stop the self-medication. I just, I, I, it was like a lifelong thing. I had no idea how I would ever, ever get it to stop. And it fell away. It fell away because I just love myself too much. So I just became disinterested in it. I literally became disinterested in self-medication. I didn't have to force myself to stop. I didn't have to try to control it intensely. I just became disinterested in it because of my own love of myself, because my mind is the mind of God. So I began to treat myself and my mind, my life, as precious. It didn't happen overnight, but it increased day by day. And it's because of that that I've uh, created Masterful Living 1, 2, 3, and 4, 
Ascension Pathways number four, so that we keep going. And I can honestly tell you, I've witnessed that many of the people who continue on in year two and three and four who are facilitating um, community calls and who are doing the sacred circles and very active with their prayer partners, they're really transforming their lives because they've got many other things to put their attention on that are expressions of self-love rather than hiding and self-medicating. And I took classes for years. I took classes for years and years where I would go home from those classes and self-medicate. Uh, and because I just, my vibration would get too high, I couldn't handle it, and I needed to bring it back down to something I could handle. And, uh, and I don't have that anymore. And so a big part of this is really being willing to say to yourself, that's not the prayer I want to make. When you find yourself on the pain train, that's not the prayer I want to make. To start to realize that your, your thoughts that you believe that you're energizing strongly are, in a sense, a prayer. It might be a negative prayer. And you're seeing it manifest in some way, shape, or form in your life. Again, that form may be more thoughts of the same nature it might be how you feel emotionally that you don't like. It might be how you feel physically that you don't like. And it might be your experiences in the world. So I know we come back to this a lot, but I, I feel it's absolutely the most basic, most valuable. In a recent... Uh, re a number of recent community calls, people who were... Um, in year two and three, we're sharing how uh, important community calls are, how important it is for them to, to listen to the year one classes and remember these basics. And what I know is the advanced, uh, the, many of the advanced students, we could call them advanced, uh, like myself, we could say, uh, I go back to the basics all the time. Being uh, the, the, the leader of Masterful Living, it is, <laughs> it's created in such a way that I go back to the basics year after year after year after year. And doing Finding Freedom again and again, I go back to the basics again and again. And it's designed that way because I get more out of it every time too. I get new ahas and new insights year after year after year. And I have to say that it, it, even though I'm going over the same things again and again and again and again, it is, has never, ever, ever felt boring to me. Because God is endlessly interesting and exciting to me. It's so new in the moment all the time. It's never boring. When we're present 
in our heart and in our mind, and there's no way I could do this and not be present. But when we're present, and this is why spiritual counseling was so helpful for me in, in waking up as much as I have, is because when we're in a, a real relationship with somebody in the moment, in a classroom, in a community call, in a sacred circle, in a counseling session, we're in God now. We're not in the future and we're not in the past. We're here right now in that connection. And that is deeply healing and it's energizing, it's liberating, it's inspiring, it's refreshing, it's renewing, it's restoring, <clears throat> it's healing. And um, And I love it and I'm grateful for it. So one, one thing I'd like to do, we're going to do a breakout session here. And we're going to start by, I'm going to ask you to tune within here and place your hand on your heart, close your eyes, and take a breath. And I, I know we do this on a regular basis. It's just so helpful because we're looking for new insight. What is... The thing that you're seeing in your life that bothers you, that you are still giving yourself permission to energize negatively and to really judge and complain and criticize. What is that experience? that you're having. The thing that most seems to bother you. And then to look at your thoughts about it. Are you actively Choosing to change your mind when you notice your mind is going to affirming negativity. Are the thoughts that you're thinking about it the prayer that you wish to make? And if they're not... What is the prayer you wish to make? What is the spiritual quality that would be the antidote? Is it peace? Is it love? Is it freedom? Is it joy? Is it clarity, harmony, prosperity, wisdom, wholeness? What is the spiritual quality that if you were vibrating fully with that spiritual quality that the experience you're having would be transformed? Perhaps another way to look at it is, 
Is there a lack of a particular spiritual quality that you're noticing is showing up as this experience? Because you're choosing to energize that spiritual quality is the number one tool you have to transform that experience. You might not transform it in the physical, but you can transform your experience of it and the meaning you make of it. So I'm going to give you a moment here, a couple minutes to make some notes before we go into the breakout. What is the thing you're experiencing that bothers you that you would like to see transformed? What is the spiritual quality that seems to be absent? And are your thoughts about it the prayer you wish to make? All right. So I'm going to move us into our breakout rooms. And uh, per usual, I will, let's see. 
Just give me one more moment. Oops. Uh, I'm going to unmute everyone and then I'll start the, the rooms and I will give you time uh, messages uh, in the rooms. And I'll, uh, does anybody have any questions before we go to a breakout? Okay, terrific. Let's see here. We have to, uh... all right, so we're coming back from the breakout here. And so what did you learn? Did anybody have any ahas, any insights? Something that you have clarity about now? Any decisions that you're making? Hugh, are you raising your hand? No, I'm grabbing my pen to make a note. Ah, okay. Anybody? Oh, Dean. Dina. Yes, I got really super excited because this is exactly the work I was doing this weekend. I, had, I stumbled onto the... Um, divine alarm clock experiment, which led me to the spiritual qualities page. I had literally notebooks that I had started writing all the spiritual qualities as a, as I tapped into a lot, some situations that happened this weekend. And I translated like, so for instance, the, um, one of the main ones for me is that thing that I am alone. And um, so I, t I translated that to be hopelessness with the spiritual quality to be devotion and the practice to be um, connectivity to heart and God. So I've been spending a lot of time trying to figure that out, like tapping into um, spirit rather than tapping into ego, like sort of the, um, you know, where you let your attentions lie, your devotion practices. So that was, so this, I was really excited to hear you bring this up. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. And are you noticing a shift in your life or energy since you started doing that? Yeah, I think so. During uh, work today, I was I just really would ask myself, hmm, you know, so who are you? Who's your devotion to your spirit when you're, you know, and this is right in the middle of an eight-hour day of phone calls and interacting with people. And so that was nice to have that, that um, I guess, reflective thing following me around and then I just run back to my notebook and read some more things or read the read the spiritual qualities list I've really wanted to dive into that list for some months now but I didn't really it just wasn't coming easily to me as I was writing um, down the different where you had it broken out on the pages but I lived it this weekend I had two back-to-back -back experiences that brought out all my vulnerabilities one was a funeral 
and then one with a dance. I went to an African dance where everybody had to get up and dance down the middle of a group. And, you know, all these are all my things that I really freak out every time I have to do any of those kind of things. So it, I had a list of about 10 thing, responses that popped up, negative things. And then I, you know, just kind of made my way to your spiritual list, qualities list through that. So I'm, and I've got more, I probably have, I would say months of work to do to make my way through it. And I've been Googling too, like as I come across, say devotion or constancy or, you know, some of these um, harmony or the practices like generosity. I don't necessarily know what those mean exactly. So I'm Googling mm -hmm. your, or searching through your Course in Miracles book sort of, you know, the app, I'll put the word in my devotion and go through and write some things down for Course in Miracles. So I'm, I'm trying to understand. I don't necessarily know how to practice generosity. I'm assuming that means um, give my time, attention, money to people, animals, situations. I'm assuming. Practicing right? generosity? Mm-hmm. Yes, I yeah, don't know what that means. So, yeah, that's such a good question. Well, and and first of all, I I'm going to see if I can pull up on the um, my screen here the spiritual qualities uh, section in the. Um, do you happen to have it right there? I don't remember what page it's on. Page ninety. Okay, page ninety. Not sure if I have the <laughs> the right document here. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I'm not going to try and do this now. But um, for for everybody else, you can look page ninety in your in your workbook, and we we could talk about this uh, next week. Uh, practicing generosity, I, I'd love to, to uh, take a, a, a moment and just to speak about this. And this would be a great thing for you to discuss with your prayer partners, uh, ways that you've noticed you can practice generosity. And also something to discuss with your prayer partners is when you feel... Um, a withholding, a lack of generosity. So for me, one of the, probably the most uh, primary way I experience my own generosity is through being kind to others, actually, to be generously loving um, and to to practice non-judgment. Um, um, just um, the other day, my you know, I'm on, I've been on vacation with my family, and my brother got annoyed with me at something, and um, you know, it was a momentary annoyance, uh, but he was really annoyed. And then, and I just thought, well, I don't think this has anything to do with me, and um, so I just let it be. I didn't need to go into judgment or. Uh, pull out the old patterns of negativity because in the past I would have gone 
oh, you see, I just, I can't catch a break. He's always so critical of me. I would go on and on and on and on and on. And I just was like, yeah, I just don't think this has anything to do with me. Something else is bothering him. I'm just going to let it be for now. And, and it, it's okay. People are allowed to be annoyed. I don't have to make a big deal of it, you know. Um, whereas before I would have made 10 different meanings of it. It would have affirmed all my false beliefs. And uh, so practicing generosity is someone can be annoyed uh, and directed at me. I don't have to take it personally. I can still be loving. To me, that's generosity. Um, it, it, generosity can be... Um, uh, any number of things. Uh, we went on a whale watch the other day, and uh, you know when you go on a boat like that, uh, the crew really is uh, anticipating that you're going to tip them. And I saw all these people. Uh, I, I had my tip in my hand, and but I saw that the vast majority of people were not thinking of giving a tip and were just walking by the tip jar. Um, and so you could say, well, my tip was an act of generosity, but it was a, a gratitude, really, not so much a generosity, but more of just a gratitude. And uh, so generosity for me can also be like somebody else has made a mess in the kitchen, but I'm going to clean it up as, an, as a, a gift of generosity. So I'm just going to see, does anybody have something that you might not normally think of generosity that is generosity from your heart, a generous way of being or giving or sharing? Anybody else want to add one more thing? Oh, you stingy people. Just kidding. Uh, we've got Laurel here. Well, it started out actually as something that I wanted to do for me. And that was I wanted to be around animals after Mira died. And so I put a little ad in the paper in my neighborhood. If anybody has any animals that they would like to be petted, <laughs> I would like to come and pet your animals. And Aww. it turned out that um, I've just had, I feel like I'm giving now of my time and my love to these animals and the owners are able to like go shopping or do a little work that they haven't been able to do because the animals have been underfoot. Uh, and so it's, I mean, I'm getting so much out of it too. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Laurel. And I saw you raise your hand too, Sue. What was yours? I was just thinking, just refusing to judge somebody. Yeah. Just, ref you know, refusing to do that. Yeah. No matter how much they beg you. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, really, because some people will provoke you and provoke you. You know, they'll really, really try to get you to judge them because they, they're looking for that outward projection, you know, of their own self-judgment. Yeah. Beautiful, Sue. Beautiful. All right. So, uh, Dina, does that help you? Um, yes. Thank you. I, I really, I love this. This, this has really hit home for me in a big way. Thank you. Yeah. I love, I love the spiritual qualities list. 
Yeah, I, I had fun doing that. It was a wonderful exercise God gave me to do. So, yay. I accept the gift. Thank you. <laughs> wonderful. Uh, all right. Anybody else have some ahas about prayers you don't wish to make anymore? Sue. Well, um, the belief that I want to change is that I'm not enough. Um, and, and my Course in Miracles lesson today was, I am the light of the world. And, um, and just going back to, to saying those lessons every day, you know, it, it hits the ego from one side and the other side and forward and backward and, you know, you, you just stay with it and it does change your thinking. Yeah. And something that um, we, we were talking about in our group was that when you do fall back, it seems like you fall really hard. And then you, you can spring back up again. Um, but it's like the alarm clock is really, really going off when you when you fall back and reminding you you don't have to stay here yeah yes yes and you know i'll just make an absolute testimony here because when i used to fall back and hit so hard i would just berate myself and I would feel like such a failure, helpless and hopeless, uh, so much self-judgment. Why, why, why can't I, um, whatever. And um, I do not do that anymore. I don't have that anymore. I mean, I have moments where I realized, oh, I, I lost my patience there. Oh, you know, I... I um, missed an opportunity to connect with someone there or I didn't notice that I could have been more observant uh, or I was uh, so focused on myself or whatever it might be but there's no sense of uh, great pain uh, that I've done some terrible thing it's just oh I, I see what happened there I notice it I recognize it I'm glad that I notice it and recognize it. Uh, there's something for me to have greater awareness of, and I'm grateful, and I move right on. And uh, I, but I used to really beat myself up about those things. So I'm just making a testimony that I, I have seen the, the incredible, miraculous healing in my own heart because I am... Um, I really, when I set out to do this, I believed it was possible, but I, I really, I wasn't holding any uh, great hope out that I would be able to accomplish it. But I just, I couldn't not go for it. I couldn't, I couldn't just say, oh, that's not possible for me. You know, I used to say that, but I, I gave that up and I said, well, it is possible for me. I have no idea how, how that heck it's ever going to happen for me but i believe it's possible i'm going in that direction so 
Yeah, and and a large part of it was really honestly uh, thinking that thought. This is not the prayer I wish to make. The prayer I wish to make is, and I I really felt as though when I would say that's not the prayer I wish to make, it was like I was erasing it from God's chalkboard and saying, now this is the prayer I wish to make, and I'd write that on God's chalkboard, and. It felt so much like I was uh, in partnership with God, that God was working for me, the universe was with me. And even though I made an error a moment ago in my thinking, that's over. That moment is over. The chalkboard is erased. I have the new thought that I am, the new prayer that I am making. And so the old prayer is gone. It doesn't exist anymore. Thanks, Sue. Hugh. That's, that strikes me as a great example of being generous to yourself. Yes. To, to be very kind to yourself and to take those burdens off. Yeah, for, for me, generosity is, is so close to kindness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you, Hugh. Who else? Who else has, has had a realization? Linda. Then Deb. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, my realization is that I'm um, thinking that keeping myself separate or at a safe distance from people will keep me safe. And um, what I really would like to feel is um, freedom and joy and grace and um, be able to really love yeah, I, I, I would say, how many people uh, feel the same way as Linda? Yeah, so keep your hand up if you feel, if you have really believed that keeping your distance from people would keep you safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so just about everybody I can see their hand is raised. Yeah, so common. That's why I say I've learned that the safest place in the whole world is my open heart, my completely loving heart. In, in, when my heart is completely open and loving, I cannot be hurt because I won't have a wrong perspective. Pain is a wrong perspective. Mm -hmm. A lot of people misquote it and say it's wrong perception, which it is, but you have the wrong perception when you have the wrong perspective. And the perspective is, I'm a body, I'm limited, I'm alone. That's the perspective that is the painful one. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Linda. And I saw uh, Deb was next and then Laurel. Oh. My, my first um, 
thought that I still bothers me is something's wrong with me, but I noticed as I was doing the exercise, because I had that feeling come up this weekend that it's way less than it was earlier. And it transformed way easier. Well, I don't know if it was easy. I'll say quicker. Um, but my, my question around it is the way it transformed was to feel the feelings around the sadness. It's around grief of my mom. How does that differ than what you, you know, when do you feel the feelings versus energize? You know, you talked about earlier the, you know, in, yeah. intention plus belief plus energy or emotion. You know, what's the, when do we feel and energize the feelings in the sense of releasing them? And when do we not? Yeah, that's beautiful. That's a really valuable question there, Deb. So I have to charge you extra for that. Though. Okay. <laughs> I'm willing. <laughs> no. Um, uh, so let's say that uh, giving the example that I gave before, uh, I'm doing the dishes and I'm thinking, um, oh, I was so stupid of me I should never have done that what was I thinking I'm an idiot okay so there's going to be emotion right there's feeling that's coming up and there are all these thoughts now as I in, in the early in the, the year I do the whole explanation of the divine alarm clock and I explain that first you have the uh, thought well, first you have the belief, then you have the thought, and then you have the emotion, and then you have the physical sensation. And so we, we have a, a belief that we brought into this lifetime, most likely, uh, the, uh, everybody in this class, we're, we're, not, uh, we're really not having new experiences so much. Uh, we're healing the um, false beliefs and we, that we brought into this lifetime with us. And so the things that have happened to us in this lifetime are to help us highlight those false beliefs so that we'll address them, release them, heal them, let them go, transform them on behalf of the whole human race, okay? So these beliefs magnetize into our awareness thoughts that are congruent with the belief. So if I have the belief something's wrong with me, then I might be thinking these thoughts, I can't believe I did that, I'm such an idiot, when am I going to learn? Obviously, I, I'm not a good learner, I keep repeating these stupid experiences, so there's something fundamentally wrong with me, when am I able to figure out what it is, etc. So those thoughts are coming in. If I don't get in the gap, I'm just going to be on the pain train of thought, thinking the same thoughts, you know, more the same, more the same. And what happens is in my mind, I am thinking that my experience is evidence of the lack rather than recognizing that my experience 
is evidence of my belief. So it's not that there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my thinking. And my experience is the proof of that. It's the proof of the, the something in my belief system is not true versus there's something wrong with me. So this is the, the most fundamental thing that we're learning here is that our experiences don't prove our thoughts, they prove our beliefs. And our thoughts are expressions of our beliefs. Because uh, there is nothing wrong with you. As you all know, I've said many times that the most fundamental negative belief I had was there's something wrong with me. Everybody has their own version of it. For some people, it's I'm bad. For some people, it's I'm not enough. It's all the same basic thing of unworthiness, which is what A Course in Miracles refers to is that, that essential guilt. Uh, and it's all related to having chosen to experience separation. And this, we, we could go back over that, but I, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that for, oh gosh, I just looked at the clock. Having so much fun. <laughs> um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap us up here. Um, gosh. I didn't, I totally lost track of time. My apologies. Uh, but I, I would like to finish this because I think it's so valuable to us, Deb. Mm -hmm. uh, so then those thoughts, if we don't check them and, and offer them up to God, if we don't interrupt that pattern, if we don't get in that gap, then it's going to travel into our emotional body and we're going to feel upset by those thoughts. And that's a good thing. That's such a good thing. Because if we didn't feel upset by them, we wouldn't know, we wouldn't have a signal to stop them. So if we ignore the mental agitation to the point where it moves into our emotional body, um, then that, that becomes our wake-up call on an emotional level. If we, if we start managing and coping with our emotions, as we often do, we try, that's what self-medication is fundamentally about, is, is uh, dampening our feelings or distracting our feelings. Uh, and then it moves into the physical body. And we start to feel the physical sensations of shortness of breath and headaches and tension and stomach aches and constipation and all kinds of things, right? So, um, and all that, the, the, the things in the workbooks uh, about the different chakras are to help you with understanding how that's working for you to gain, so you can gain insight for you. So if you have uh, uh, issues in your throat, in your heart, you can go look at those chakras in your stomach, in your um, sexual organs, etc. So feeling our feelings helps us to identify our thinking. 
But there, there's a very important and valuable difference for us to understand. It is one thing for me to feel my feelings. So in this scenario I've been using, I'm thinking I'm an idiot, I'm so stupid, how could I have done that? What's wrong with me? What am I feeling? I'm feeling shame. I'm feeling maybe anger at myself. I'm feeling fear. What's wrong with me? I'm so stupid. I, I, you know, somebody might feel sadness. Oh, I'm doing this again. I might feel depressed, right? De of course, Miracles tells us depression comes when we feel deprived of something. And we don't realize that we are the only ones who can deprive ourselves. That's what the Course in Miracles says causes depression. When we feel deprived of something and we think that the cause is outside of us. Hmm. So when there's emotion, it's helpful to us. So that we can go to, oh, I'm feeling upset. Let me just see, what is this upset? And it's, it's oh, I'm feeling sad. Oh, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling afraid. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling annoyed. I'm feeling uh, helpless. I'm feeling hopeless. What am I feeling? And to feel it, allow yourself to feel it so you can identify it. There's something to learn there. Call the Holy Spirit in. Call the angels in. Jesus, Mother Mary, Kuan Yin, whoever it is that works for you, your grandmother, your grandfather, to, to support you in relinquishing the root cause of it, healing it back to the root cause. Now, what some people do when they're feeling their feelings is this. They're actually energizing the thoughts that are generating the emotion. So they keep thinking that thought, oh, yes, there is something wrong with me. I'm, I'm such an idiot. Oh, it's true. It's true. And they're, they're intensifying the emotion. You know, uh, I used to do that um, when I'd break up with my boyfriend, right? And I'd listen to all these sad songs, you know. I can't live if living is without you, right? Yes. And I'd be feeling my feelings. I'm never going to be in love again. No, no. You know, or I'll never have true happiness. It's gone forever. That's not feeling your feelings. That's, that's really not. That is provoking yourself that's torturing yourself that's not feeling your feelings it's really what that really is is thinking the thoughts that are causing the pain right so it's you, you can see how it's it takes real discernment to notice when are you Loving yourself free through recognizing what you're feeling versus torturing yourself with these thoughts to pour salt into the wound, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? 
Yes. Yeah. So important to recognize the difference because I have seen uh, spiritual students who denied their feelings for a long time then go into feeling their feelings, but what they're doing is they're marinating in them. They're marinating in them. It's almost like an, it, they can be intoxicating. I mean, I could used to be able to do that for hours. I had so many sad songs that would make me cry and feel hopeless and helpless. And, and for me, I'm not saying this is how it is for everyone, but for me, I felt so special because no one understood my pain. You know, it was just me and, and like Anita Baker or whoever those sad song ladies were. You know, they were the only ones who understood my pain. And it was just a way to feel special. Does that answer your question, Deb? Yes, very helpful. Yeah, thank you for asking it. All right, Laurel, I'm sorry, I'm not going to um, get to you. And um, I'm going to close this out with a prayer. So we can always come back to this topic of prayer. But using this phrase, that's not the prayer I wish to make, will help you to really become the master of your thoughts. Recognizing that if you're energizing a thought that you do not wish to see made manifest, you have the power to stop energizing it Say, no, that's not the prayer I wish to see, the wish to experience. I'm done with that. This is the prayer I wish to experience. Abundance, prosperity, joy. I choose to learn through joy from now on. Right? These are the kinds of declarative sentences that we make in our prayers. All right. I love talking about prayer. So let's take our breath of love and gratitude here and go right into prayer. So grateful and thankful to open our hearts and minds to the power and the presence of love. So grateful that our heart is the heart of God. Our mind is the mind of God. Our hand is the hand of God in this world. Our life is the life of God in this world. And we are grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to be led and guided. So grateful to choose to learn through joy. So grateful to put behind us learning through pain and suffering. So grateful to let the painful perspective go. We are willing and grateful to stand in the truth that we are loved and we are love. We are loving and we are lovable. We are grateful to demonstrate this with our whole heart and mind, with our life. We are grateful and thankful to 
let all the judgments fall away and to stand in an awareness of our perfection and the perfection of our brothers and sisters. So grateful to choose a life of love. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. So grateful to let it be. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. I love you. Have a great week, everybody. Oh, and for those of you who um, didn't see it in Facebook, I'm going to send an email out. There's one-on-one times available. The links are in Facebook, and I'm sending an email. Many more times coming, but I've got a bunch this week, including tomorrow. (laughs) Bye-bye.